if anybody tells you they're not interested in the money and they want to win belts and legacy, keep the rule off as the one anyway. Give me the money. And any fighter who tells you different is telling their lies. You know, everybody wants to leave a legacy and become world champion. Don't get me wrong. Um, no one more than me. But belts and legs, you can pay bills and buy a nice house and a nice car. You know, that's what we're in it for. We wouldn't be doing it if there wasn't a lot of money involved. The world of boxing. My next podcast guest is a professional current fighter, Liam Williams. From Wales, we speak about his time with Dominic Ingle, Adam Booth, competing against Chris Eubank Jr., Liam Smith, and so on. Be happy, never content, and enjoy this particular episode. Before we start this week's podcast, I have to give a special mention to our sponsors. iSecure Vehicles. They are a brilliant company, a family-run business, and they specialize in vehicle safety and security throughout the UK. I know this company very well, and I also know the people behind the brand. If you've been following me on my podcast journey and on social media, you will know that I love cars and so does my network. This is why I'm very, very excited to be working with iSecure Vehicles, and this is why we have chosen them to be our sponsors for the Stephen Sully Study Podcast. Their team are professionals, experts, and they're efficient. Once their product is installed on your car, your vehicles, you will have the peace of mind that your asset is protected. Trust me, do not wait until it's too late. Get protection now. For more information about their products, including dash cameras, undetected immobilizers, and also car tracking systems, head over to isecure-vehicles.co.uk. And remember to mention the Stephen Sully Study podcast sent you. Right, welcome back to the podcast, Stephen Sully Study. We've got a wicked guest over Zoom today. Mr. Liam Williams, thank you very much for agreeing to come to the podcast, mate. I'm really looking forward to having this conversation with you. No problem at all, mate. It's uh, my pleasure. Right, I'm going to tell you something that you won't know, but this is the first, uh, this is the thing that stands out every time I think about your name. Um, I, I do a bit of boxing myself, not professional, but down boxing booth, and that's the club I go down. Um, I had a few bouts myself. And more importantly, I'm I'm a boxing fan. I love boxing. It's not my number one sort of sport. And when I saw that you went from uh, Dominic Ingle over to uh, Adam Booth, I said to my friend, who was my personal trainer, Charlie B, I said, what's he like? You know, because I've seen him on TV. I've seen his fights. Because um, I always ask about Harlem Eubank. I ask about Shannon Courtney. I ask about Josh Kelly. What's their styles like? You know, how are they when they train? What's their personalities like? And I remember what he said to me. He just said this one statement. Liam is a hard, hard, hard fella. Yeah. Is that how it defines you, Liam? Like, are you, are you, is that how you define your boxing style? You're just a hard, hard bloke. Yeah, you know, it's, um, by the way, just before I start, Charlie is an unbelievable guy. What, what a man. Uh, a lot of respect for Charlie. Um, yeah, just a, just a really good fella, really he good is. guy. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I'd like, I'd like to class myself as a, as a, as a tough man. You know, um, obviously, I've, I've been in the game quite a long time. I've been, been boxing for twenty years, twenty one years, even since I was nine years old. Mm. Um, 
and you know, I've, I've been around a bit. I'm experienced. Um, I, I like having a fight, so he's, he's probably not too far wrong, to be honest with you. Mm. I um, I listened to a few other interviews you've done, uh, Liam, and um, I didn't realise this, but you was actually a roofer before you got into into the boxer mod. Is that right? I was, mate. Yeah, I um, see my man's a roofer, um, and I worked with him. I got thrown out of school when I was about, I don't know, 15, 14, 15, something like that. Um, so as soon as I was like 16, as soon as I finished school, like, you know, officially the age to finish school, um, I started working with my man straight away. So, um, yeah, I worked until I was about 19, 20, maybe like 20, four years. Um, and then, well, here we are. We're um we eleven years on again and and I, I haven't worked since I was twenty, so grateful and um you know, very lucky to to do what I do. Yeah, because you know, being on the tools, being a roofer, especially out in the elements and probably in Wales where, you know, the the the, the weather can be a little bit unpredictable sometimes, all of those kind of things must have factored into some of your personal personality traits and then kind of helped you out in the ring. It must make you a tougher person being on the tools as a roofer. Yes, um, it's a hard job, really, really physical, you know. Um, it's a hard graft every day when, when you're roofing and, you know, you're, you're bumping tiles up the roof, you're slates, you're, everything's heavy work and, um, you know, it's hard going. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I just think um, I've always been, like, built this kind of way since I was, since I was a young kid, I've always like, I've always been a rough kid. Like, um, wanted to fight, and you know, I've always been game. So, um, I think it's probably played a part, but I just think, um, I think that's always been in me, and I think I was just, I was meant for it. Yeah, uh, I was going to say this last part actually, and I'm glad you raised, you know, your your, your personality as a young kid. You mentioned in previous sort of interviews as well that occasionally when you were younger had a bit of a short temper is is that is that quite accurate yeah and it hasn't changed very much either to be honest with you <laughs> <laughs> i mean look that kind of um short temper anger aggression you know the will to win it it Obviously, it can it can it can be a bit of a um hindrance in certain scenarios probably but in other times, when you need to bite down in your gum shield and and win and and fight someone rather than box someone, that that must have served you a couple of times as well. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's, it's always good to have the um, to be like in general as a boxer. The best thing is to be calm and be able to be able to think your way through things and um, you know make uh, wise decisions. Then let's say. Um, but yeah, as you said, basically it's always good to have that in the locker. Um, yeah, you know, really, when you really have to dig deep and um, and and you're in a tough fight. But uh, yeah, you know, in most situations, in terms of boxing, most situations I keep calm. But um, just just in general, to be honest with you, I'm uh, I'm a bit of a fiery character. I don't don't take much to get me going. You know. Fair enough. Um, so, look, last weekend was a really good weekend of boxing and there was your two former opponents, Liam Smith and Chris Eubank. Um, 
Okay, so Chris, so the, the Liam Smith fight and Chris Eubank too. What was your take on it? Obviously, we know the outcome. Uh, what was your thoughts and feelings towards that fight, Liam? <clears throat> uh, to be honest with you, I I thought Eubank would come in more fired up than he was the first time, which which he did, and that was the little thing which which worried me a little bit for. Smith was the fact that nobody thought he was going to stop him last time and he went out and he did like dramatically but I I was a bit worried that that would maybe you know make him take his eye off the ball a little bit maybe and and think that he can do that again um but you, you know he probably did work hard and he probably grafted but apparently he had a couple of injuries which um led him to, to not being able to run and stuff um, and you, I'm guessing you've seen that um, he had to lose 42 pounds in the matter of a couple of weeks or whatever, which is like, which is three stone. Mm. So I've lost a lot of weight um, in the past for certain fights, and uh, I, I know how that affects you. And I've never lost quite that much, so he was obviously affected even more the more I've experienced myself. Yeah, sharing the ring with with both of these guys. Then, I mean, first hand experience. Who would you say is like the real skillful operator out of the two? I would say Liam Smith. Um, I, I picked Liam Smith to win the first time when nobody gave him much chance. Um, I, I don't get me wrong. I didn't think he was going to go and stop him, which is you know very very good outcome for Smith. Uh, but I thought he would just maybe grind him down and. Outwork him over the twelve, you know, mm. um, and even that. Uh, although Eubanks a little bit more flashy than Smith, um, and Smith appears to be like oh, just come forward, hands high, kind of. Um, you know, he seems to be that just, just a hard to fight, and he is a hard fighter. But um, until you're in, in there with him, you don't realize, you don't appreciate how. Technically, um, sound years, you know, mm. he's you know he's, he's had a good amateur background and um, he, he does everything very well. You know, he um, he got it all. He, he got the basics nailed down. Yeah. Um. So obviously, Liam Smith um, lost that that fight over the weekend and unfortunately got stopped, uh, which is a complete reverse to to the first fight. There's there's obviously uh, talks about his age. I think he's 35 years of age now, and and typically boxers in his weight category don't really go that beyond that particular age. Um, but there's no denying that he's got um, it's still got a lot to give to to the sport. Do you think Liam Smith, at 35 years of age and just being stopped by Chris Eubank Jr., do you think he should consider retirement? Well. He... It, it all depends on the individual, doesn't it? But, you know, how does he feel? How, you know, if he's still enjoying what he's doing and he still feels he can perform. Um, I don't see... Uh, after the great win he had against Eubank the first time, in that short space of time, I don't see how he can just crash and burn and and he's done, you know? Hmm. Um, if, if you know, he was carrying the injuries that, uh, that I said he was... And he lost that amount of weight. Then there's your answers. Um, yeah. they, they are the problems. Um, you know, if, if they are 
if they truthful, then I, I still believe he's got a lot to give, one hundred percent. But obviously, only only he knows how he's how he's feeling, and um, you know, back to what I said just now. If you lose that amount of weight in a short space of time, and you have injuries, you can't run properly. You're not going to perform, uh, and you know, it doesn't take a scientist to work that out. Does it? You know, it's, it's straightforward. Yeah. Um, I, w- I want to ask you something now. I know you've probably been asked on camera and off camera a few times, but I, I I was always intrigued by it. It was more about the culture and also about the dynamics at the time. And what I'm re- referring to is when you were building up to fight Chris Eubank Jr., you was clearly in boxing under Adam Booth, boxing Booth. And in that camp is ha- ha- Harlem Eubank. What was kind of the culture like there? Because... Obviously, in one breath, he's he's a part of your stable, but in the next breath, he's he's a family member to Chris Eubank. Was that a bit weird, or did you kind of just deal with it in in in, in easy fashion? Yeah, it, it it all went quite smoothly, to be honest. With you, um, I I class Harlem as as a friend. I think he's a amazing guy. He's, you know, really top guy. Um, but at the end of the day, you know. Blood's thicker than water, and he's always going to have Chris's back. And I don't hold that against him. You know, it's it's one of those things where um, you can be as good of a friend to me as you want, but my family comes before you. It's as simple as that. Mm. Um, you know, so in, in terms of training in the gym and stuff, um, we we trained sometimes at the same time, but it would just be kind of straightforward um, circuits, bag work, like that kind of thing. But when when it comes down to the nitty-gritty of um, like tactics and pad work with, you know, the game plan then, um, and, and sparring, we, we had separate times. Okay. Which, okay. Um, which is the case, which was the case quite often really because even when I was sparring, a lot of the other boys went in the gym. It's just, it's just a case of you know, every if Adam's giving me my time whilst I'm sparring, he can't pay much attention to the other boys. So a lot of the time we had we had different things going on, you know. Guys, I wanted to hop on here to once again thank the sponsors of this week's podcast, I Secure Vehicles. When we were searching around for sponsors for the channel, we honestly wanted to get a brand, a company that would give massive amount of value to our audience. And that is definitely iSecure Vehicles. They have a wide range of products which are designed to keep your vehicle, your asset safe and secure. Some of those products are dash cameras, undetected immobilizers, and car tracking systems. Head over to iSecure to look at their products and make sure you say that the Stephen Sully Study podcast sent you there. Can I ask as well, it looked like you had a lot of success with Dominic Ingle at Sheffield. Um, a friend of mine, Bradley Skeet, when he when he came back, I used to sponsor Bradley Skeet as a professional for a little while. And I remember speaking to Brad and he, him going up there and sparring you and I think Kel Brook was, was there at the time. And it seemed like a really, really kind of good camp to be in yeah. and, and it, it looked like it was a thriving gym yeah yeah and it just seemed a bit odd to an outsider to a bit of a fan me 
that you would leave that and then go down to down to a boxing booth to add a booth. Now, I understand as well, add a booth is a phenomenal trainer. He's taken a lot of people to become world champions. George, well, not George Groves, but he was helping George Groves. Obviously, David Hay and there's a mixer of other people back in the day. Um, why did you leave Dominic Ingle and go to add a booth? Well, to be honest, when, when I first went to Dominic, uh, when I first went to Ingle Gym Sheffield, uh, it was it was always a thought: um, would I go with him? Or Adam was was there, you know. Even when I went to Dom, like thinking, should I go to Adam? But I jumped the gun. Um, I did. I, this is not going to jump the gun because I went to Dominic and and we had fantastic success together. But it was all, you know, you know what I'm saying. It's like. It was out of them too. Um, but I did jump the gun a little bit in a way in terms of I went to Dominic, I really enjoyed it there, and I didn't even attempt to go with Adam or speak to him or, you know, because I thought, ah, fuck it, I'm, I'm happy and, you know, I'll stay here. But um, when I was there for the first couple of years, I think I was there for three, I don't even know how long I was there, three years, three to four years maybe, um, it was fantastic. It was, it was good. All the boys were there. You had Billy Joe, Kelbrook, Kid Gallad, uh, obviously Bradley Skeet, Willie Hutchinson, um, Eve and Gabu. Uh, I hope I'm missing too many people. But um, the gym was buzzing. Even back then, like Lee Wood, um, Atif, Shafiq, uh, Jordan Gill, even when I first went there, all of them not were there as well. And um, yeah, as I said, it was just buzzing. Everybody's pushing each other. And, but all, all the time, things slowly changed. And um, I just didn't feel that that buzz was there anymore. Um, and I can I can say this because I told Dominic straight anyway. I said like I feel I feel like you ain't what you was in terms of a trainer like you know, before you used to give us a set times you'd be in doing pads you'd be watching us do runs you'd be pushing us like you know all that kind of stuff and over time that faded away and um he had he had more interest in in other things and um and i, I just didn't want a trainer who, who i was going to get i didn't want a trainer who was going to get that kind of um gone blank my mind's gone blank mm-hmm. I wanted more attention from a trainer. You know, I don't want to I'll go in the gym and do six on the bag and I'll I'll meet you there for, for 20 minutes to do some pads afterwards. Like, nah, that's you know, I'm not running him down by the way, because Dom he's a good coach. But towards the end I feel like his interests were elsewhere, you know. Yeah, and so how would you compare him to someone like an Adam Booth then? What what is the major kind of Characteristics and differences between them between them both. They're, they're very very different people, you know, on a personal level. Um, also, they, they, I wouldn't say complete opposite, but they, yeah, they, they're very different in in terms of the way of training as well. Um, Dominic always used to be very much uh, fitness and conditioning based. Um, don't get me wrong, he, he done pads and um he he done you know some technical things, but 
Arbuth is very like laid back. You to Adam, you need to be um, you need to be fit before you. This is this is Adam saying, yeah. <clears throat> you might hear it. You might see it. Um, weight and fitness ain't my business, right? And that that's that's what he says. But um, and you know he, he's quite within his right to say that because as a boxing coach, um, fitness is kind of you know responsibility to get a train the, the fighter fit. But um, you know he's there as a boxing coach. You can go and do your own runs. You can do your own strength stuff is you know that's not really a, a boxing coach's job so um but yeah going back to to adam's type of training he was a very much um slow and steady and, and just getting affected things you know um everything was he, he wanted it technically right and and exactly how he thought it should have been done so he, he was very good in in his own way as well you mentioned in another conversation the difference between a trainer and a coach. What is the big difference between a trainer and a coach, Liam? Um, so, I don't want to disrespect anybody. Like, no, I'm not even being disrespectful. But see, when I was with Dom Engel, he was a trainer. Um, I used to go in his gym. We'd, we'd have a bit of a laugh and whatnot. He was, he was a good guy. But, we go and we get our training done and off you go. I'll see you tomorrow. So that's a trainer. And then for me, I think um Gary, my my current coach, Gary Lockett, he's he's a coach. Um so he he'll, he'll take a little bit more time to like um back it in shorts and he'll be like, you know, showing you you know what I'm saying? Just just explaining things a little bit more deeper. Um, so he'll like he'll watch he'll even watch me on the bag and say, like, no, no, you need to be, you know, hey, for example, you need to throw a shot, you need to roll, come out of that roll with some more shots, or you know, you he, he wouldn't just leave you to her. Mm. He'd, be, he'd be guiding you then. Um and also like after after training with Gary, me and him sit down and have a chat about you know what's to come, what what kind of things we can benefit on, what what benefit in, improve. Um, you know, I I just got more of a, a friendly bond with Gary. We we close, you know. So I feel like as a coach, um, it's more than just boxing. It's uh, things outside of, you know, if you're getting tr- problems going on, if you're getting troubles. Um, I speak to Gary about everything. Gary knows every piece of my personal life as well as you know obviously within within boxer yeah so so like a trainer is there to go through the process of just just the training but with with a coach they become a bit more of a lifestyle uh uh individual and a bit of a mentor you know mentally and also yeah, physically yeah, exactly yeah. as you said um so like with a lot of trainers they get you in you get your work done yeah you fight you fight uh, you pay them their money and see you next camp. Mm. Let me know when your next fight is, type of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, just want to ask you just a couple of things about your, your fights and and stuff, and then um, and then I'll, I'll, I'll be out your hair, Liam. I know you've probably got a few things on today, mate. Oh, mate, I'm tired. I got, uh, 
I've been for a haircut. Uh, see my little girl off to school. Uh, and i got to go to the gym straight after this then, so... All right, cool. I won't take too much of your time. So, look, I know when you... You've obviously had 28 fights, 20, 23 wins, and only a few losses there. Um, again, being a bit of a, a fan of, 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 of yours and also Chris Eubank, I was really excited by that fight. And it, it did appear that you were slightly, slightly flat. You know, that that tough, hard man that Charlie spoke about. But when you got into that fight with Chris, and I've listened to other interviews that you've 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 given your, your take on it, Liam, it just seemed like you, you didn't have that kind of spark. What what do you think went wrong in that particular fight? Um well, I know exactly what was wrong, but I gotta watch what I'm saying. So Basically, like like we going back to Smith, we was talking about Smith, um, and it's not. It's, I don't want to make excuses for myself because it is what it is. On the night, the better man won. Fair play to him. Um, but I lost. I lost a bit too much weight. I, I done the weight wrong. Didn't really have it too much. Too much go on me. Um, and also, I had a. Um, you might. I don't know if you want to cut. The, you're gonna have to have a look at this. Yeah, you have okay. to think about it. I'll chat about it afterwards. But so basically, um, I, I I lost a lot of weight. I felt a bit drained, and about a matter of weeks before the fight, I had I had an elbow to the head in sparring, hmm. and um, and I had concussion. Um, like I I drove. I heard I drove this. Water. I heard this on another podcast. To be honest, you, you, you said this, yeah, yeah. I, I had concussion, and basically, I, I drove home from camp. Um, I got home. Uh, I got outside the house, and I'm thinking, "How the fuck have I just got home?" Like I couldn't remember any of the journey. All I remember is is going into a petrol garage. I was thirsty, and I was looking for a bottle of water. And you know, I can feel proper weird, like I was like looking around all like paranoid and I thinking everybody's gonna be looking at me. I went in there, I couldn't find the water, and I just fucked off again straight back to the car and drove home. Mm. Um and I was speaking to somebody and I said, I can't remember what I said. I said thank you to somebody for something, and like, and they said, What are you saying thanks for? And then I'm like, and then obviously clicks to me. What the fuck am I talking about? Um. Anyway, top and bottom, of it, I was, I was done, and um, and I just didn't, I didn't recover from it. And you know, you know, that's nobody else's fault but myself. Mm. Um, I chose to fight. I definitely shouldn't have, and and it was dangerous to be on zero. Because mm. it it explains why. Even though a, a, a punch in, in the face is a punch in the face, it was it was mostly the jabs and they were knocking you down. And it was almost like, how is this like tough bloke being hit down, knocked down by a jab? Yeah, exactly. You you've seen me in different fights. Um, you've seen me in different fights. I, I take I take a step short, you know, um, and I always keep walking forward. You know. I've I don't really go down. Mm. I don't really go down. Um, but I did two or three. How many times? Three times, that? I think I think three times. Yeah. I think I'm not sure if it's four, but what was the slip? And he and he counted me anyway. 
Um, but either way, I went down a few times in the flight. And even when I was going down, I was on the deck. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, I'm not even hurt. But I was just a bit scrambled. Um, and it was just a weird feeling, to be honest with you, mate, because even, even after the fight, I was sat... I was sat in my hotel room and I was like, I'm still not right to you from, from what happened the other day. You know, I was there and I was just confused and like, I didn't really, couldn't really gather my thoughts then, if that makes sense. Mm. So as a fighter, Liam, how, what's the advice you give people as a boxer, but also just, just young entrepreneurs, winners, how do you bounce back from a loss? <clears throat> you just got to take, take it on the chin. You got to, You've got to identify where your mistakes are. And you've got to keep keep it moving. Yeah. Um you know, you can you can't you can't let a loss pay down too much. You know, at the end of the day, if you still have that ambition and drive to keep going, then why why not? But you, you know, just bounce back, work hard and get on with it. Yeah, nice bit of advice there. And a couple of last questions. What what's your like view on this? Um almost like hybrid boxing now it's Tyson Fury against Francis Nogano what's your what's your take on that particular fight it's a, it's a big it's a big fight that people that a lot of people are watching me interested in but the majority of the interest of that fight will come from um, non-fighting fans because they just hear Tyson Fury the greatest boxer Francis Ngannou the hardest hitting UFC champion, fucking absolute, you know, killer, destroys people. They'll see that and they'll think, wow, this is going to be a special fight. But in reality, I don't think it is. I think it's going to be a total pile of shit. And I think Fury's just going to box the head of him. You know, and the top and bottom of it is, I don't think it should be happening because it's it's a pile of crap. Hmm. Frank Warren's defended it uh, a few times, uh, even though he kind of ridiculed Eddie Hearn for doing something in, in Saudi and now it's happening over there. Who do you actually think is the better promoter out of the two, Eddie Hearn or Frank Warren? Well, you're going to have to say Eddie Hearn because, come on, like he's doing big things, isn't he? Mm. Um, well, bigger things than Frank Warren right now. So, you know, it's there in black and white. Not black and white, but, you know, you can't, you can't, you know, not see what somebody is. You, you can't unsee what somebody's doing. And as I said, Eddie Earns doing big things, big shows, massive fights, and he's he's killing it at the moment. So, um, you know, fair play, and he's he's definitely the better one at the moment. I would say. Yeah. What's next for you then, Liam? I think you you you're in the gym, you're training. You you kind of alluded that there was going to be some sort of announcement soon. What's what's next for you? Well, oh, there's a there's a lot of talk obviously surrounding this Aaron McKenna fight. Um, there has been for some time now. They offered they offered me a date back in whatever it was back the other day. They offered me a date. It was a little bit short notice. I could have I could have made the fight. It would have been like five weeks or whatever. But I I was going on holidays. I would have cancelled the holiday. But it's not just me. Um Gary was going on holidays as well with his family and and further family like his 
his sister and niece nephews and all that. Um, it would have just been a lot to do and people would have had to sacrifice a lot to make the fight happen with the short notice, with the weight to lose, with, um, you know. And basically, I, I wasn't going to just, just fall to, to their, not demands, but I wasn't going to, they say jump on, I'm going to say how high and uh, and fall to everything they want. I've got my own life as well, you know. Mm. Um, you know, I, I've, you know, I've I've got my own shit to do. Yeah. So, um, they said they're going to come back with a new date. They said it was going to be yesterday, last night, and I can confirm that they haven't. So, I don't know. I'm still hopeful. I'm very hopeful. I think it's going to happen, but they need to get a move on because if I'm being honest with you, they're pissing me off. So that's where we're at. So you're 31 years of age, Liam. Um, are you still set on becoming world champion? Yeah, of course. You know, that's always the goal, isn't it? Um, I, w- I wouldn't be involved still if I didn't think that I, you know, if I thought I didn't still have a lot to offer. Uh, yeah. I know I've got a lot to offer, you know. Um, you know, hopefully with, with the right path now, again, back to a world title, fingers crossed, win a world title, that'd be, that would be the dream come true. But, the main thing for me is just being being involved in big fights, um, earning plenty of money on a big stage, and screwing a good life. That's that's what matters. And it, you know, people might see that and think, oh, you know, he's um, he's no more to it. He's he's in it for money. No, like if anybody tells you they're not interested in the money, and they want to win belts and legacy. Fuck it. Keep keep the lot. I don't want any of it. Give me the money. That's and any fighter who tells you different is telling a bit of lies. You know, everybody wants to leave a legacy and become world champion. Don't get me wrong. Um, no one more than me. But belts and legacy don't pay bills and buy a nice house and a nice car. Um, you know, that, that's what we're in it for. We wouldn't be doing it if there wasn't a lot of money involved. Yeah, Mick Hodnan said the same thing, Liam, and uh, at the end of the day, it's your profession. Right, I'm going to round off this podcast, this last question. I always ask my guests this very last thing, Liam. I came up with my own kind of mantra when I was younger, and it goes like this, be happy, never content. If I were to ask Liam Williams, the professional boxer, the tough man, what does what does be happy, never content mean to you? Be happy with what you've got, but always strive for more. Always be better, always look to better yourself as well. Exactly right. All right. Thank you very much, mate. Hopefully one day I'll get to see you in person. We'll do another one in part two, um, if you're ever in London. And we'll go from there. Thank you very much, mate, and enjoy your day. Top man, thanks very much for your time. And it was a pleasure coming up. Thank you. Cheers in there. Bye, mate. Bye, mate. Take care, mate. Bye. Yeah.